It's such an honor and privilege to be here, especially because Pastor isn't here, and uh, takes a lot of trust for a man of God or pastor. Pastors care about their flock, and um, to not be here and say, "I want you to be here." I thank God for that. It's such an honor. Thank you, Pastor, for being here. I want you to know that God loves you, and so do I. Amen? Amen. Before I do anything else today, I want you to stand up with me. I want you to pray with and for me today, and pray for yourself too. Amen? Amen? So, I would like for you to stretch one hand towards me and one on your chest so that we all pray in one accord. I will pray the prayer I want you to pray. Amen? Okay. And you repeat it after me. Okay. Father, Father, touch your servant. Anoint him to bring to me today the word of life. Let revelation flow through him. Let your prophetic word come forth through his mouth to transform my life now and forever. I declare that I receive your word this day. I receive the ability to obey your word and to live a fulfilled life for your glory and honor. In the name of Jesus, touch my ears to hear the word of faith. Touch my heart to obey the instruction of faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen, amen. Firstly, I want to say that my wife, Pastor Maria, we call her mama, says, when I come, I should give you all a big hug. <laughs> Amen? So here comes a hug. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And um, I have a spiritual father. His name is uh, Dr. Cerullo. Everywhere I go, he wants me to extend his greetings to sons and daughters of the Most High God. He and Mama... Teresa also extend their greetings, and I bring a big hug from them also. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, let's get to the word. Are you ready? Yes. You sure? Yes. Okay. Put on your seat belts, and let's go for it. One of the challenges that faces us as believers and especially as ministers, is to be able to present the Word of God, the present Word, the Rema Word of God, what God is saying in the now to His people. And once in a while, there's something that is ringing in the heart of God that He wants to say. And I'm one of those people that struggle with that because I don't like repeating messages. I want, you know, the, we've got a big Bible here, and there's so many things to talk about. You don't have to repeat yourself. 
So when the Lord keeps on going back to a particular subject, it means that that's what's in his heart at that particular time. And so when I saw the face of the Lord and tried to change his mind about this word that I'm bringing to you today and couldn't succeed, I, I gave up on it and said, okay, if that's what you want to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about. Amen? So we're going to be talking about what God wants to talk about today. Hallelujah. The last time I was here, I believe I shared the story about how my father... On September the 5th, 1976, placed me on the offering plate as a thanksgiving offering. Did I preach? Did I, that's what I talked about. Yeah, I thought so. Now, what I want to talk to you about today is not that dissimilar. So come with me to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1. 1 Samuel, chapter 1. Now, there was... A certain man of Ramathim Zophim. Ramathim Zophim simply means the tower of double watches of Mount Ephraim. Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephratite. Let me stop there for a moment and consider those names as I proceed. There was a man of Ramatham Zophen, of Mount Ephraim. Ephraim means fruitfulness, but it also means ashiness. Ash. Are you with me so far? So if it means fruitfulness or ash, and we know ash is that which is burnt up, consumed, or fruitfulness, we have a situation here. The situation is that something is about to happen in this passage that you have to make a decision on whether it's fruitfulness or ashiness. In a place called Ramathan Zophim, a place of double watches, you can stay on that tower or that tower. Your decision. And then it says, the name of the man was El Kanah. Elkanah means God has possessed or created. The son of Jeroham. Now, what does Jeroham mean? It means showing pity. The son of Elihu. He is my God. <laughs> the son of Tohu, lowly or humble. The son of Zup. Zuf honeycomb. And the Bible tells us that this man, Zuf, was a Levite and an Ephratite. And he had two wives. And he had two wives. And the name of one was Hannah. Hannah means grace. And the name of the other, Penina, jewel. Hannah, grace. 
married to Elkanah. God possesses, God has created. And you think with this legacy of the family that this man came out of, a Levite, that the story is going to be a good story. These people have wonderful names. But the Bible tells us that the first wife, Hannah, which means grace, one that God has enabled, equipped, empowered to succeed, had no children. She was barren. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound good. That is not helpful. How can you have a man called a canner? God has created. God possesses. And you're married to grace and have no children. How? On what planet does this happen? God loves me. This I know. That is why I'm so broke. How does this happen? But this was the story. So Hannah is there childless. And the man's eyes started scanning around. Finds this jewel of a lady called Penina. Gets hooked up to Penina. And Penina starts doing what Hannah couldn't do. She starts pumping out the children. One child comes out. Second one comes out. This is no longer an accident. This is a happening. <laughs> then the third child comes out. And you know it. Penina is now mocking. <laughs> oh, this baby. These children, they will kill me. <laughs> right in the face of Hannah. She's the first wife, and she has no children. And now Penina, the new one, comes, and she's having all kinds of children. And she's teasing, she's mocking, she's battering Hannah with all these blessings. Letting Hannah know that, <laughs> you think it's just by name, grace? Look, look at me, I'm the jewel. I am blessed and highly favored. Hmm. But Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. There were two sons of Eli. Hophni and Phineas. Huh. Hophni, what does that name mean? Hophni simply means a boxer. That's what it means, a boxer. A boxer. Why is that important? I'll let you know in a moment. Phineas means mouth of brass. Or serpent. Wonderful names. <laughs> you're a priest and you're a boxer. And you know what? These guys lived out their names. Because the Bible tells us that these guys who are the sons of Eli terrorized the people of God. 
But the people brought their, their offerings. They went there and they took the best. And if anybody tried to make a noise about it, you know Hophni was there. You want some of this? That's their names. The other one is a liar. The mouth of a serpent. He's a liar. And here, these people kept on coming. They wanted God. But these two young men were there. They were the future of the ministry. They were the future of the leadership in Shiloh. It says, and when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion. Someone say, worthy portion. Say it again, worthy portion. It's a powerful word, a worthy portion. The Hebrew word for worthy portion has two meanings. First meaning of the worthy portion was nose. Somebody say nose. Second meaning of the worthy portion means angry. The word means nose or angry. Remember, we've been talking about twos. So now she's given a worthy portion. Now she has to decide which of those two meanings, angry or nose, she's going to decide on. You say, what is important about nose? Well, I don't know about you, but, you know, there's um, something called horse races. And when you have a horse race, you can win by a nose. So she's going to decide, am I going to be receiving this offering that I'm going to give unto God as a winning offering, or am I going to look at it as an angry offering? My husband is angry at me and therefore just gave me something. That's her dilemma. That's the challenge that's facing her. He says, but unto Anna he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. And this is a cliffhanger here. But the Lord had shut up her womb. Huh? The Lord, not the devil. The Lord shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her soul. So she had God shutting up her womb, and she had her adversary, Penina, provoking her to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Things are not going right. And so this particular day, they went back to Shiloh, as they did every year, and she decides she's not eating. And the husband comes to her and says, why aren't you eating? And she says, you know, come on, baby. 
I love you. Am I not more to you than ten sons? And I just see Hannah looking at him and saying, you answer that question. Penina keeps on bugging me. I'm pulling my hair out because of that woman. And you're asking me this question? And so she goes to the temple. They get to Shiloh. Everybody headed out home. And she is there. She stays. And she's praying. What's she praying about? She's talking to God about something very important. She's been asking God, understand that if you've had no children all these years, you've been praying. Would you agree with that? But this time, it is different. Ask me, what was different this time? This time, she has Hophni and Phineas. She comes to God and says, God, you know the future of this ministry, don't you? Hophni and Phineas. The boxer is going to be boxing people. The serpent mount is going to be lying to people. I got a deal to make with you. What is the deal, daughter? Give me a baby. I'll give you a prophet. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Give me a baby. I'll give you a prophet. She found out what God needed. Most of the time we concentrate on what we need. But I want to say to you today that you and I need to focus when you are in a tight spot with God, a tight spot with situations that you need to open your eyes and discern what does God need. Amen? What does God what? Need. Because if you can find out what God needs, you got your answer. Hallelujah. 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 Is somebody here? <laughs> she locked into the heartbeat of God. She focused on what God needed. I know those guys are not right. Give me what you need. And you can have it. And she made a powerful deal with the Lord. In John chapter 4, Jesus, the Bible tells us, had needs to go through Samaria. And when he got to Samaria, he came to the parcel of land that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. And there was a well in a town called Sika, which means drunkenness. And he settled there. The Bible says he was weary. And his, his disciples went to get food. And there comes a woman. And the woman, when Jesus saw her, say, Jesus says to her, give me some water. And she says, you asking me? You're a Jew? You asking me a Samaritan to give you some water? <laughs> really? 
So Jesus continues the discussion and said to her, If you knew who it is that is asking you to give him water, you would have asked me who's asking you. Are you with me? To give you water. How on earth does this make any sense? You're the one that needs water, you're, and you're asking me, I've got a bucket, you got nothing. And you're telling me that if I knew who you were, I should have asked you that is asking me for water. You know, child of God, this is a perfect time. When God asks you for anything, that is your perfect time to ask him for what he's got. Because he's there. He's asking you, talk to him. Right? Perfect. And that's the bottom line. We missed the opportunity to make the exchange. I believe that as sons and daughters of God, we need to do business with God. Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. Oh, Hallelujah. I'm about my father's. He looks at it all as business. And when you have a business mind with God, God will deal with you. You and I need to invest in the goodness of God so we can experience the best of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Penina is still bragging with her children. She didn't know that this woman was making a deal with God. And so the Bible says that Eli saw what was going on and begins to accuse her. Isn't it amazing that when you're doing the right thing that sometimes people can accuse you? She is praying for the answer for his family and for the ministry. And he's busy pointing a finger of accusation and saying, Woman, drink at home. Don't come here drunk. Why did you come here drunk? And she says, No, 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 no. Sir, that's not the, the, the real deal here. Uh, I am not really drunk. My heart is broken and I'm pouring out my heart to God. I'm asking God for something. And um, Eli says to her, in verse 16, or 17, then Eli answered and said, go in peace. Someone say, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. Now that's, that's incredible to me. He's saying, may God grant you what you've requested of him. And she's saying, May I find favor in your sight. This is where we miss it. We miss the fact that God uses people. And this woman locked into the reality that you just saying, God bless you, is not the bottom line. I need to find favor in your sight, especially since you just accused me. 
I want you to be at peace with me. For this blessing that you've pronounced over my life to be manifested, I need to connect with the prophet. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. This is a very important point. You need to connect with the prophet that God has sent into your life. Because it is the prophetic word from your prophet that changes your season. <laughs> I'll show to you in a moment. Your prophet is very important. And the work of the devil is to make sure that you disconnect from the prophet that God has sent into your life. Don't ever do it. Amen? Because that is your breadbasket. God blesses what God blesses through people. Amen? Hallelujah. Eli represented God. Even though he had his issues, this woman connected and she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat and her countenance was no more sad. That is, she left that place believing that the word that she's just received from the prophet was an everlasting word and she connected with that word and she began to celebrate. Hallelujah. She went home and the Bible says in the 19th verse, watch this, verse 19, and they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and what? The Lord did what? Remembered her. Place your hand on your head and say, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord God Almighty remember you. There were prophetic words that were pronounced in this house this morning. Every single word that came forth came from above. God is declaring to you today that he's a God who knows no impossibilities. He has a plan and a purpose for your life that will transform your life forever. Somebody shout hallelujah. God has something on his mind. Praise the Lord. Why is it that God does things like this? Hannah is barren. She ends up with a special child. Elizabeth is barren. She ends up with a special child. Sarah is barren. She ends up with a special child. Manoah's wife is barren. She ends up with a special child called Samson. Delays are no denials. I want you to know today that if you have been waiting so long, God has something very special on his mind for you. Your day has come. Your season has come. Transformation is here. Somebody shout, hallelujah. Yeah. Glory. 
God is strategic. When people think that you have been forgotten, God remembers. God remembers. I say God remembers. Let me jump ahead of myself. No, I'll back up. So she had a child. And the Bible says, the next year, when Elkanah was going back to Shiloh, Hannah stayed behind. Hannah didn't go. Verse 22 says, But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. Watch this. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou have weaned him, only the Lord establish his word. What? What does only the Lord establish his word have to do with anything here? The child is here. What do you mean only the Lord establish his word? Because Elkanah knew something that you and I need to understand. That whatever we do, we do by the ability of God. Amen. That that prayer that that woman prayed was not initiated by her. It was initiated by God that was in her. Oh, I don't know if you heard what I said here. Everything you do, even when you think you are the one doing it, is being done by God. And Elkanah understood that and said, may God establish his word. The word what word? The word about you making the promise that you are going to return back to him, the child. Let God complete what you promised. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. God completes what you promise. In essence, child of God, when you make a commitment to God, God honors that commitment. That is why the word of God says when you make a vow to God, that when God comes to collect, you should not tell God, I don't have it. Because God becomes a partner with you in making certain that that which you have spoken out of your mouth comes to pass. Somebody shout hallelujah. Yes. Is somebody listening here? Yes. God has a plan for your life. And that plan he brings to pass. He will establish it. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you what? No. So shall you be established. Believe in his prophets, so shall you prosper. Your prosperity is in the mouth of your prophet. The establishment of your purpose is in God. Oh, my Lord. Am I in a Presbyterian church this morning? 
Second Chronicles 2020. Put it up for me and, and see, see God in action. Second Chronicles 2020. It says, And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be what? Established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye what? God establishes his word. You want to hear something interesting? When God created you, when God created man, he breathed into him and man became a living soul. In the Psalms, the Bible tells us that God breathed and created everything. So when the word of God talks about God breathing into you, breathing his word, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, when God created you, when he breathed into you, he breathed his word inside of you. You are full of the word of God. You are word birth. Hallelujah. So when you say something out of your mouth and say, this is what I'm going to do, God confirms his word. With signs, wonders, and miracles. That's why we dare to believe. Because whatever we say, when we speak truth and not leave a lie, God comes into alignment with whatever it is that we are saying. And he causes that which is impossible to become possible. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Nothing shall be impossible for those that believe because I can do all things through Christ the anointed one. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. God enables you to flourish, to blossom, and to prosper in your purpose. Somebody shout hallelujah. So finally, Hannah brings the child. Why did she wait? She waited because, are you ready for this? She was not going to give to God anything that was going to become a problem. Uh, let me explain myself. If you have a little brand new baby, and you take that brand new baby over to Eli... What do you expect Eli to do with this child? Breastfeed the child? Or you think Hophney and Phineas are going to take care of that? So many times we give things to God that are an issue. Let me explain further. You feel led to give a car to the church. That was not part of their budget. But you bring the car. But you did not bring with the car a commitment that you are going to maintain that car. You've just created a problem. Somebody listening to me? 
when you bring that car and say, Pastor, here are keys, also make the commitment. Even GM tells you that, you know, they will take care of the, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So if you bring, <laughs> there's a warranty. Bring your own personal warranty to the table and say, this is taken care of. And this woman of God made certain that every year that she brought a brand new coat for Samuel. How did she figure out how Samuel was? Rama is not close to Shiloh. How, how did she figure out? Because she washed out for all the other children that are around. My son is now three years old. That's the three-year-old. That's the three-year-old. That's the three-year-old. Um, so, he, okay, I'll get him something that will, he will grow up with. Are you with me? Yeah. And she did this year after year. And one day, Eli looks at her says, uh, Hannah, where are your other children? She don't have any. What? You mean you gave your best to God and you don't have any? She said, no. No other children. What? Elkanah, may God give you seed. And they went home. And she started popping out the children. What, what was the difference? Because your seasons change by the prophetic word that comes out of the mouth of the prophet. I thought, I thought as soon as she gave some Samuel the name of El, the name of God, that's what Samuel means. As soon as he gave him she will start having all kinds of children. She's so precious. Her only child. How come she doesn't have any more children? Well, because God does not change his words. Your prosperity comes out of the mouth of the prophet. And I come here today to announce to somebody, you have sown many times before. And no change has taken place. As a prophet of God, I declare now in the name of Jesus Christ that you will receive prosperity, 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 and good success, fruitfulness in the name of Jesus that a fresh beginning begins for you today. Somebody shout hallelujah. You must lock into that gift that God has for you to experience the best that God has ordained in his spirit for you as a son, as a daughter of the Most High God. The Shunammite woman understood that. In 2 Kings 4, Shunem means the place of double rest. Double rest. And this woman was barren. She had no children. 
But she was watchful. She was discerning. And she discerned that a man of God called Elijah that was going across her house front day after day, anytime he comes into town, was a prophet. And she said to him, please come into my house and eat. And um, time after time, through her discernment, she brought the man of God in and his servant. And uh, the Bible says, one day, she goes to the husband and says to the husband, I discern this man is a prophet of God. We need to make room for him. And so she built a penthouse for the prophet of God. Why is that important? Because the house at the top gave him perspective, gave him the ability to see all around. You need to make room for your prophet to see. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You need to make room for your prophet to see. And so she did. And the man of God said to her, to his servant, he says, ask her what she needs. Does she need me to talk to the king for her? And the woman said, I'm a daughter of the land. Why do you need to talk to some king for me? I have no problems with the king or anybody else. But the servant says, I notice that she doesn't have a child. Oh, she doesn't have a child. Well, by this time, at the time of year, woman, you're going to have a child. Come, don't, don't promise me something. You know, I've been like this. I am satisfied with being the way I am. I'm old. My husband is old. Uh, <laughs> we don't need no children, please. Don't, don't, don't start promising me things that you cannot deliver because I'm looking at you. Bald-headed prophet. <laughs> There's no way you're going to do this. But sure enough, she has a child. She has a child. What about this statement about, do you need me to talk to the king for you? Well, it's an interesting statement. Because just like the prophet said, she was going to need him. The Bible tells us, oh, should I do this? You remember Gehazi, his servant? who went to take money and stuff and was cursed to be a leper and his children, remember him? Well, he became that, a leper. But one day, while the Syrians sort of built a siege against the people of God, and they were starving and eating their children and all of that. One day, they decided, these four lepers outside in the camp, they decided that they were going to go 
to the camp of the Syrians, and just maybe they will be okay. And, well, we're going to lose. So anyway, they went out there. And the prophet has already prophesied that by this time the next day, there's going to be all kinds of food. And you know this story, right? Okay. So they go there, and everybody's gone. They start gathering stuff, and they start burying them. And one of the lepers, hey, his name was Gehazi. The Bible didn't tell us at this point. This is what we did. This is what I was doing when I got the, become a, became a leper. So he goes back and says, we're going to stop this. And he goes and he tells the king and cut a long story short. They come out. They find all this food. The statement, the prophetic statement of the prophet was fulfilled. Now that same prophet, Elisha, tells this woman that had a child whose child died and was raised back to life. I'm telling you a whole lot of stuff all at the same time. Tells her to leave town because a famine was coming. And she left town for seven years. And when she came back seven years later, there were squatters in her property that decided that they were not going to leave. But here comes Elijah, um, Gehazi. At this time, he's healed because God healed him. Even though the prophet said forever, God, because of his obedience in bringing back the offering that God had made possible, healed him of his leprosy, and now he is walking hand in hand with the king. And they are talking, and the king is being told by Gehazi about the miracles that Elisha brought about, how there was this child that was given to this woman, and how that child died, and while he's and how that child was raised back to life. And while he was telling him this, Gehazi says, that's the woman. That's the woman I was just talking to you about. That's the woman whose child was raised back to life. And guess what? She needed intervention from the king for her property. That's what the prophet said. When the prophet says something, it may sometimes seem like uh, he missed it. The prophet of God never misses it. Amen. Hallelujah. The prophet of God, what? Never misses it. Even though the prophetic statement was maybe 15 years down the line, she needed the prophet to speak to the king for her restoration. Hallelujah. Today, I stand here as a prophet of God, and I declare over you, restoration, 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 in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Before I step down today, I feel quickened. No, 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 not feel. I am quickened to do certain things. And with your permission, if you let me, I want to do this. Would you? Is it okay? Okay. Praise the Lord. 
This morning, the Lord woke me up and told me certain things that shook me to the core. I mean, when I say shook me to the core, I mean exactly that. I was shaken. And because I didn't expect to hear what I heard. And, but God doesn't just say things because he just wants to say things. He says things because he knows. I mean, if you believe God knows. God does not believe he knows. <laughs> and, and, and that's where you and I need to come. We need to go beyond believing to knowing. That's an important place to be. Hallelujah. So, he spoke to me and it shook me. And I am going to do in obedience with fear and trembling, but by faith, the instruction of the Lord. Amen? Would you let me? Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to leave the one that God spoke to me so powerfully about to the last. Because when I talk about what God spoke to me about, it's going to shake you too. Just as much as it shook me. Today, I, I want to challenge you to do something. You know, in the book of Malachi, the word of God says that the people of God sowed, but they sowed and they did not get the response, the matching equivalent response in their expectation from what they had sown. When I read through the word of God and and notice that, I wondered, God, what is the problem? The problem was not in their sowing. So what was the problem? God chastised them that everything that they did, they did because of what they wanted for their house and the clothes they wanted and, and so on and so forth. I said, what is wrong with that? What's wrong with that? said, nothing's wrong with that. But what is wrong is this, that the only truly impactful and effective way to receive a response from God is not to sow so that you can buy a car or buy a house, but to sow into that which is part of God's heartbeat. And his heartbeat is souls. And that's why I'm so thankful for the man of God, the point man that God has placed in this house, that God has so graciously given to you as pastor. He's out there in Montonto or something like that, doing the work of the ministry. And you are part of that harvest. You are going to receive rewards for that harvest. Praise the Lord. You have given for souls. And I've done something for some people here today. They have sown in the past and in, you've not received the returns that you expected. 
I have quickened by the authority of the word of God your investments in God. That response of God will bring rewards into your life supernaturally and speedily in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Today, I want to challenge you. Everyone in this house to give a very special offering. Some of you, I'm going to ask to give $500 as God quickens you. Some of you are going to give $1,000 to the Lord and say, God, I'm going to give you $1,000. I'm sowing $1,000 for souls. Some people are going to give $5,000 and say, God, I am surrendering $5,000 to you for souls. And this is the one. Are you ready? <laughs> the Lord said, He's asking somebody here. And I look at this congregation and I say, Who can that person be? I remember I was in Kenya, in Nairobi, many years ago. And uh, I'm sitting with my wife in the front row. And the Lord spoke to me said, I want you to raise a million shillings. I, I looked around. I said, a million shillings. <laughs> a million is a million in any language. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. I looked at that congregation. I said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to embarrass myself. The Lord says, I'm asking you to raise a million shillings. So I turned to the pastor. I said, Pastor, the Lord is asking me to raise a million shillings. And he almost fainted. He said, what? Okay, the Lord. So I stood up. And would you know, in less than 15 minutes, a million shillings was raised. The pastor was shocked. I didn't know it was possible. He didn't know that it was possible. And there God spoke to me, and I spoke to a man. I said, God is saying that you're going to be an ambassador representing this country. Within three months, the man was in Germany. God did miracles. 